You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. Our scripture reading this morning comes to us from the Gospel of Luke in chapter 5. I'll be reading verses 1 through 11, and I read from the New, the New Revised Standard Version. Luke's Gospel tells us, Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out from them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long and have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, we will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats So they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken in. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed Jesus. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you. For you, O God, are our rock, and you are our redeemer. And we give you thanks for who you are as we say together, Amen. So it was probably in my third or fourth session of sermon preparation class in seminary, uh, Randy Moss, our professor, not that Randy Moss, Randy Moss, our professor, had written one thing on a whiteboard. It was the name Peter. And that was it. And that's how we started class. Basically, our assignment on that day was to make a character map of Peter from the Bible. We are supposed to be naming all of the different times that Peter showed up in the Bible. And we weren't being critical, we were just mentioning and noticing all these times. But after we had all of them on the board, that's where we started to draw conclusions. Where we started to notice patterns and see just exactly who is this person named Peter. Simon, who Jesus named Peter. And one of the things that we learn about the God, if, you, if we know the Gospels, is that Peter's character map is absolutely wild. In our scripture for this morning, Peter, who isn't, or Peter, whose name isn't Peter quite yet, helps Jesus out. And in other places in the Gospels, Peter would not have made that same decision. When Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say that I am? It is Peter who makes the great confession, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. But then in the Garden of Gethsemane, it is also Peter who overreacts and cuts the ear off of a guy named Malchus, who is the assistant 
to the high priest. Peter's character map is wild. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at the life and ministry of Simon, who would become called Peter, Peter the rock upon whom the church is built. And I hope that what we will find over the next couple of weeks is that Simon Peter's character map looks an awful lot like ours. Our lives are just as varied. Our lives are just as wild. And I'm hoping that what we will find as we explore the life of Simon Peter is that we will find a beloved and kindred spirit, a flawed and faithful disciple just like us. But we begin here on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, the lake called Gennesaret, And Jesus is presenting a series of teachings, and the crowd grows bigger and bigger, so much so that Jesus has this brilliant idea to get off of the shoreline and onto someone's boat. And there just so happens to be two boats sitting there. And so without even asking, Jesus climbs into one of the boats and then tells one of the fishermen to take the boat out. This fisherman who is sitting on the shore cleaning his nets to ensure their longevity that's been fishing all night. But yet he does. This fisherman, by the way, just so happens to be Simon, who Jesus would call Peter Simon, the son of Jonah. And so there's Jesus on Simon's boat teaching the crowd. And what I find so interesting is that Jesus knows what he's doing. Jesus knows that this is going to be better and more effective teaching. He won't be crushed by the crowd. More people will see him and the water will act as a natural soundboard. But what I find even more interesting is that the Gospel of Luke kind of gives the yada yada treatment to the teaching of Jesus. We know that Jesus is teaching, but we don't know what Jesus is teaching. Jesus is teaching yada, 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 then this thing happens. What that says to me is that the point of this story is not the teaching of Jesus, which is a rare occurrence in the gospel. The point of the story is the interaction and the miracle that follows. So after Jesus has been teaching, Jesus asks this professional fisherman who has been fishing all night and fishing unsuccessfully all night to put his net down one more time. And while that can seem like just the most innocuous request, there's actually something behind that. Put yourself in Simon's shoes for just a second. Simon and his crew have been fishing all night. They have not had success. And they are cleaning their nets in fresh water to preserve them. As Jesus is teaching, Simon, who doesn't know this guy yet, this just weird figure has walked onto his boat and then held him captive to hear him teach. And after who knows how long, Jesus asks him essentially to start this entire process over. And for what? To go fishing at the wrong time. Simon knew this water. 
Simon knew the behavior of the fish. Simon knew that Jesus' idea was absolutely crazy. But Jesus insisted. And so despite being tired, despite being stressed, despite being discouraged, despite wanting nothing more than to put this disastrous night behind him and get a precious few hours of sleep, Simon Peter gives the response that Jesus is after. Simon Peter says, if you say so. And so down goes the nets. And up comes the catch. And Simon Peter's nets are on the verge of breaking. And so Simon calls to James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and probably to his own brother Andrew for help. And I think it's at this moment that things begin to click. Simon realizes that there's more happening than just a person fishing. Simon realizes that he is in a situation that is full of divine wonder. A divine wonder you and I have experienced too when we have been in situations that are just simply teeming with the presence of God. And what I find so interesting is that it is all so ordinary. Simon Peter is on his own boat on a body of water he would have known like the back of his hand, and he's asked by this strange figure that is now just a part of his life somehow to do something that is literally just second nature. And with one fateful cast, Simon Peter's life would never be the same as Jesus ensures a tremendous result. Can you almost hear Jesus saying to Simon Peter, do I have your attention now? And Jesus says to Simon and to all who follow after him, great, now we're going to fish for people. Simon's new job on that day becomes gathering people to rescue them from a fallen world. And unlike fish that are caught to be flayed and then devoured, Simon would be catching people in order to bring them to life. Boats and nets would no longer be his tools of trade. The word of God would be. In other words, Jesus says to Simon and to all who will follow after him, let us use your same skill set in my work. And be aware that there may be tremendous results. What I find so interesting is that Simon was not asked to be anyone other than who he already was. Simon didn't have to change himself to be useful to God. He just was useful to God. Jesus wanted him for who and what he was. In the same way that Jesus wants you for who you are. It is Jesus who steps onto our boats. It is Jesus who captivates us with his teaching. It is Jesus who calls us to use our gifts and skills and talents that we already possess in order to build his kingdom. 
Jesus can and does use your everyday lives. Jesus uses you at home. Jesus uses you at school. Jesus uses you at the bank. Jesus uses you on the farm. Jesus uses you in the office. Jesus uses you to share love and grace with the world. This is what it means to fish for people without a trap, without a hook, without reeling them in. Our job in Jesus' eyes is to cast the nets and cast them wide. And this is the job of all who follow after Jesus going forward. Our scripture this morning signals a major section in the Gospel of Luke where Jesus takes this time to gather together this band of followers, these disciples these people whom he will train. And the crazy thing is, is that Jesus did not care what their character map looked like. Sorry, Randy, we don't care what it looks like. Jesus was just interested in who the disciples could be, what their character map could look like. Jesus is looking for those that respond in the same way that Simon did when we hear an odd but ordinary request. If you say so, Jesus will do it. If we are willing to cast our nets, to sacrificially show love as Jesus showed with as many others as we can, our nets will be full to bursting. And the only thing that you need to do to do all of this is to just be you. Jesus is not very concerned what your character map looks like. Jesus only wants to rewrite it, to use you. If we're open to it, if we're willing God will bring results that are greater than we can ever imagine. Jesus takes the flawed and faithful and turns them into instruments that he can use. Let us pray together. Risen Christ, we give you thanks for the ways we've heard your call in our lives, for the difference you've made and continue to make for all who call on your name. Help us to pay attention to the ordinary and watch what happens when you turn the ordinary into the extraordinary. We love you. We serve you. We follow you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you after the message to head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a video cast of our weekly Cut for Time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.